0: Welcome to the 11 Dubcast presented by the Dragon sword 11 warriorscom I am Bo. He is Johnny. We have an opener in the books, my friend. And it was a perfect day for an opener high noon kick uh, at the shoe that was spectacular. And I I would make the case, Johnny, that it was the perfect opener for Ryan Day um, because it really had everything that you want as a head coach. Uh, The 28-0 lead early. And yet not a perfect display because FAU outplays you probably, or certainly outscores you for the last three quarters of the game. And there's a hundred teachable moments. And yet we don't have to, it was not like it was any worry of ever losing or them even really getting close or making it too interesting. So in a way to me, it was almost kind of like the perfect opener. How did you observe it?
1: So I, I totally agree as far as Ryan Day goes, there's so much stuff yeah. that he can kind of go back and, and work on and say, OK, this is what we need to do. Clearly, there are things that we can improve on. We can get better at. And that's what as a head coach, that's what you want. You want that kind mm-hmm. of fodder to be able to talk to your team about for the next week to prepare them for a game that, you know, as we'll get into a little bit later, is something that I think Ohio State needs, needs to take extremely seriously. But, uh, you know, from the fan perspective, I don't know that they were quite as happy about the one to grow on kind of aspect of this particular game. But I think we can talk about that in a second. Um, yeah. But I, well, I enjoyed watching it. I, you know, it, yeah. from like I said, from an informational perspective, it was a, a fascinating game to watch.
0: So what I try to do with these type of things, especially in the opener with a very young team like the one we have with four out of five new starters in the offensive front with a first-year quarterback, the likes of which no first-year quarterback has ever had this much on his shoulders. None of them that we had. Not coming into the season, Pryor wasn't supposed to start. Braxton wasn't supposed to start. A lot of these guys waited a while. None of these guys have had to play right away um, or weren't expected to from Jump Street. And not only that, but had like the future of the program on their shoulders. And the kid goes out and he accounts for five touchdowns. Now is he as is, is he as accurate as as Haskins was? No. Was he told <laughs> to? Was he probably told not to run as much as he could have? I think so. Because yeah. I think he left a lot of read and the read option out of it. Yes. Um, and I think if he wanted to be like Jalen Hurts against FAU, he could have been. But I think when you're up 28 to nothing, you're in cruise control. Um, you know, there's not really a reason to do that. I thought he was unbelievable for the first time out. I mean, with the amount of pressure on him, now some of the throws you and I could have made, the receivers were open by a hundred miles. Um, but still he executed. He was clearly, um, clearly a leader, clearly looks to me capable of being the focal point of the offense and of the Ryan day era, uh, the start of it. And from my vantage point, um, both offensively and defensively, I don't, I watched a ton of college football all weekend. We've got dudes. We can play, we can yes. play, we can hang with Bama. We can hang with Clemson. We can hang with Oklahoma. We can hang with Georgia. We, we've got people who can play. We got to put it all together. It's a long way between now and November. Uh, But I really liked what I saw from the opener. I'm actually surprised there were negativity. So I stayed off of the social stuff quite a bit this weekend. I basically just watched football. What what were people mad about?
1: Well, first of all, I would uh, smart move on your part. I, you know, people want people want Ryan Day to come out and do exactly what Urban Meyer did in his first game at Ohio State and win by 50 points and all this other stuff. And I don't know that most people appreciate. Um, the level of—I want to say rebuilding. because that's really not the right word, but the level of infrastructure that needs to be created, I guess, when it comes to this team, and, and the, the amount that needs still to be to you know coached up a little bit and, and created. And, you know, the offensive line is is obviously going to be a work in progress for a little yeah. bit. That, that's just something that I think Ohio State fans are have to understand. And frankly, if you want to talk about some of the offensive struggles after that first quarter, when a lot of those you know plays are already planned out and they've got to you know. They're just kind of reacting to what the defense is giving them. A lot of them sends from the offensive line. Not all of them. You know, Justin Fields clearly, you know, could have made some better reads sometimes and done some other things, but that's okay. Like, he's not, he is not a seasoned quarterback who is coming in and is going to be instantly great. And anyone expecting that, I think is just, you know, a little, you know, a little bit too I guess hoping a little too hopeful that they're going to get instant greatness. And I think that's what was the the thing was on social media. You had people who were just frustrated that they didn't see, you know, an immediate carryover of a national championship caliber winning team. You're not going to get that. Sorry. This is not going to be, well, but that's not what we are either.
0: We're not, no, we haven't won a national title since 2014. Right. We've been to the playoff in three years. Right.
1: So that's delusional. if That's what you think. Yeah. And look, can the team win the big 10? Yeah, they can. Do they need to improve to get to that point? Yes, but that's okay. And that's really, I think what I was expecting, I was not at all shocked by the score. That's basically exactly how I expected it to go down. Um, And, you know, if there's going to be a bad loss this season, there's going to be a bad loss and it's not going to be because Ryan day is incompetent or Justin Fields is a bus or any of this stuff. It's because that just might happen. Now, could eventually that be proven that they're you know not as good as advertised? Sure. But on the basis of one game, I thought this first game went just as about as well as you would expect.
0: So Ohio State, it, it's funny. It's interesting. Like people, it's funny how we remember things, right? Um, yeah. In our lives. And so we, I was thinking about, you, you mentioned Florida, that, you know, beating Miami. It was first of all, it was Miami, Ohio, not FAU. There's a tremendous difference between the two. So yeah. Let's start there. Right, okay, tremendous difference between the two. I would also say that it would it is fair to say that there's a tremendous difference in what Ohio State was at that time and what Ohio State is at this time. I would also I would also that, tell yes. you uh, that that game at the end of the first quarter was three nothing Miami Ohio. Yeah, three <laughs> nothing Miami Ohio. It was twenty one three at half, and then it got out of control. Braxton had, if I remember right, Bra- yeah. Yeah. First play of the second uh, of the second half, Braxton went 65 yards for a touchdown to make it to make it 28. But it was three zip after one. And and it was so it wasn't. I think you see that score and you think, well, that's what it should be. use a more quality opponent uh, than we are. Braxton Miller is more proven at that time than Justin Fields is now. Braxton course, yeah. played a ton of games as a true freshman on a bad Great. team, but played a ton of games. Um, I, I, I gotta tell you, that's almost, that seems delusional to me that anyone would have to be well, like worried about it. Like, I mean,
1: my God, you know, welcome to the Ohio state fan base. I mean, that's yeah, okay. No, and
0: that's- I think we're usually pretty smart. I, I feel like if, if you were pissed off about it, then you haven't been listening. You haven't been yeah. listening to four or five new starters on the offensive line. You haven't been listening to no depth behind JK Dobbins. You haven't been listening to three receivers that went to the NFL. You haven't been listening that the defense was brutal last year and has to be remade on the fly with new scheme and everything. Sure, we have talent; it's a nice piece of clay, but it's got to be molded. This is not a finished product. What this team is now, it will be in November, and I'm confident what I saw in the opener that it's going to be just fine. But if you're gonna if you're upset about it, then you're delusional, man.
1: Well, here's here's what I would say. And to Ohio State fans' credit, I think they. What I would say, the only thing that I would really maybe think is unfair the kind of criticism that i've that i saw because i understand the expectations and whatnot i don't think it's gotten super out of hand but the only thing that i think is unfair is sometimes where people are going a little hard on jk dobbins who the guy ran really really hard um you know in in the game on saturday and he just there were a lot of things that he did well i just don't think when you get hit two or three yards behind the line of scrimmage on a regular basis that you're going to make a whole lot of hay on the ground teague did all right Mess teague did a good job and he, he had over six yards of carry and so people may see that and see you know compared to dobbins but you know there was like you said there's not a whole lot of option going on people knew exactly what was going to happen when dobbins was you just able to maybe get the handoff right yeah. so there's there's a lot to that and you know they were playing a more pro style offense i just think that overall the expectations are really really high because of the hype associated with justin field's and while but that's, that's fine, your problem,
0: not you, John, but I mean, that's if you're, no, one of the I, know people, what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Then it's you, it's not the kid, it's not Ryan Day. Like, for God's sakes, like Trevor Lawrence, it look what he was at the beginning, what he was at the end, right? I mean, right. he threw Trevor two Lawrence
1: picks. wasn't a, Trevor Lawrence was in the Heisman conversation for a reason. It's because he didn't start super, like, he he no. wasn't he he wasn't was, the Trevor Lawrence that won the national championship game. No,
0: he threw two picks last week right. <laughs> in their opener, yeah, you know, that'll so, happen, people. I mean, I thought the kid is great. I mean, he's he's for a, for a first starter and all that's on his shoulder and so much that's, that he is responsible for. Like, I can't think of one player. You have to, it's certainly Braxton in 2012 who the success of the program is tied more to than this kid. And I would say it's more than Braxton was in 2012 because in 2012 at least Urban was a proven commodity. Ryan is not. Sure. Ryan is right. not. So it's right. all on those two guys getting it moving. And I I think they will. I saw plenty of signs. Um, defensively, I, I thought, I thought they looked pretty good. They were flying around, they were swarming. There were a couple of long drives, but there wasn't any big, big breakaway runs that made me think like, Oh my God, here we go again. There wasn't any linebackers that were playing, you know, on the line of scrimmage for reasons behind, um, for, for any reason. I also think it's human nature when you get up 28 to nothing to kind of just be like, yeah, we got this. Yes. I think that's with especially with a young team, like we got this, you got to develop that killer mentality of like, let's bury them.
1: Yeah, no, and that's and that's it. And they just don't have that necessarily yet. But you're right. They they played really well. I thought they were getting after, especially in the rushing game against, you know, defending the rush against Florida Atlantic. If you I mean, even if you take out like all the, you know, the, the sacks and the tackles for loss on on the quarterback and Robeson, uh, they still, you know, Florida Atlantic basically averaged two yards a carry. Right. So yep. that's that's a really, really encouraging sign for me. Um, The fact that they are able to lock that down and, and I think the long rush of the entire day was nine yards. Or four, yep. That's a big deal. Right. And considering that, you know, they had like 33 carries or something like that. I, to me, I want to see improvement over last year. And yeah, 21 points is an ideal. But some of those points, you know, are a result of, you know, things like. Mistakes and turnovers and stuff. So, I look. I I think overall, there's a lot to build on. There's a lot to be happy about. The fact that the tight ends were in a central part of the passing offense yeah. for the first time and maybe ever at Ohio State was hilarious and amazing to watch. I love that. uh There was a lot of fun stuff going on, and I just you know, it, it's the first game of a new season. That's always exciting, but even though I think a lot of the narrative is going to be about like, okay, is Ryan day going to be able to continue urban Meyer's you know, legacy. I don't care about that. I want to see what Ryan day is going to change and do for himself. We talked about this on the site, you know, uh, Kyle wrote a really good piece about the pro style offense, right? That's really yeah. kind of being engendered here. That is new. That That is different. That is not an urban Meyer mm-hmm. spread. And it's, it's cool to watch the evolution. They, I mean, they lined up under center for God's sake. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, when is the last time you saw that at Ohio State? So I, I just well, I Urban, did, yeah, Urban didn't even have it right exactly. <laughs> I so I, 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 I love that aspect of it. I love throwing yeah. to the tight ends, that was fun as hell. Um, you know, Chris Olave had a great game, Ben Victor, you know, maybe had a drop or two, but it's still like it, it's fun stuff to watch. They did, they did really well,
0: yeah. And th- this team will be able to grow. Which, yes. I mean, I'm excited based, I'm really excited based on what I saw. Really? I mean, I I think it's a team when you I watched more college football this weekend than I've watched. And I can't tell how long, because for whatever reason, I I guess probably just because the weather was kind of crummy. So I was able to watch a ton of it. And like comparing us to other teams around the country. Feel good, folks. Yeah. Good about yourselves. I mean, there's maybe a couple of teams that are a little further ahead of us, but they've got veteran quarterbacks back and veteran coaches. I mean, it's it's the only teams that to me who look better were Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson. I don't know. That's probably about it. There wasn't anybody yeah. else that I thought looked superb. Everybody From else, we'll get wise, to it. yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. you know, yeah. So yeah, it, and it, what's funny is, is that what I think is interesting. Everybody's kind of looking for the top dogs that to eventually fall. I think it's still pretty well set in college football who the the main players are here. But you know, to act like Ohio State or, you know, is going to have like a huge drop off or anything like that. And I don't think many people think that will be the case, especially after he's all just one game. Yeah. But the, the talent is there. The talent is 100% oh, yeah. there. Uh, I mean, you look, I mean, if again, if you're looking for bright spots, the, the defensive line, especially, I mean, Chase Young oh, is added. exactly as advertised. Yeah. I mean, there's no, like he is going to be a holy terror the entire season. You know, Bob Landers did a great job. I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot mm-hmm. I think people uh, can take away from this game positively. And oh, I know yeah. like you look at the score and you were probably personally predicting like a 50 point win. Doesn't I wasn't matter. like, no,
0: were That's you fun. were you and I no, didn't pick. I was pretty was I, I wanted to say I picked like 45, 17 or something.
1: My my score was 38-24 and mostly on I thought I thought basically Ohio State would control it, not score a lot, make some mistakes yeah. and give up points due to turnovers. That was my thinking. But I gotta tell you something, Eleven Warriors, the way we do our, our game predictions is that Dan right does the write-up and yeah. then he aggregates uh, the scores of all the, the you know writers and contributors to Eleven Warriors. So it's not okay. just his opinion, it's all of ours' opinion put together. I want to tell you something. There were some dudes on the staff who were predicting 30, 40 point wins. And again, I don't I'm not hating on that necessarily, but I'm just saying for myself personally, I just didn't see it that way. Not not with all the things that they're trying to put together all at once. Um, I don't know. I'm actually really interested to see what our predictions for next week are going to look like. Yeah, Uh, it's going to be a wild one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'll be. I think. I think we're. Well, we'll get into that coming up next because there's going to yeah. be a lot of fun with as we as we transition from week one to week two. Urban always said the best thing about week one was going one and zero is a chance to go two and zero. So now you get it. You just get it against someone we know very very well and Luke Fickle and a team that is going to be so. So motivated and so, oh so hungry for this thing if it's been circled for a while. Uh, a little bit later, we will do some buy or sell from what we saw in week one in college football. But coming up next, we will do the Fickle Bowl. Be sure to visit uh, 11 Warriors for dry goods, shirts, hats, stickers and more dry goods at 11warriors.com. All right, buddy, let's dive into it. This is um, this is boy. Luke talked about this last week and he talked to it as, you know, fighting your brother. Great. There are few people that I have encountered in Columbus for whom Ohio State meant more than Luke Fickle. Very few, yeah. it's a short list. Very, very, few. Um, that he just bled it. <laughs> he just completely bled the p- program. And what he did in 2011, um, taking the college football equivalent of live fire for <laughs> while a program was <laughs> in disarray, will never be forgotten by me. I will never forget him, um, a guy who has who had to do, you know, some media and some talking, being thrown into the hottest boiling oil you could possibly be thrown into, trying to enter questions about Terrell Pryor and Jim Trestle and Devere Posey, and we had no answers to any of this stuff at the time. He was the interim head coach. He had nothing, um, and he was sitting here trying to answer it, and a a veteran savvy head coach could have done it, and I thought Luke – Considering the circumstances, absolutely crushed it. I thought he handled himself with the utmost class. His wife, Amy, incredible. Um, And then after that, you've got to go answer to somebody else. And the somebody else is a supernova, right? And he really didn't want to hire you in the beginning. Didn't want to hire you. Met with you, liked you, said, we'll give it a shot. And the first years with Urban and Luke, first couple of years, pretty rough because the offense was scoring a lot of points. The defense was giving a lot up. And it wasn't until really the end of the run in 2014 where I felt like there was some legitimate respect for what the defense had turned into under Luke.
1: Right. And I don't
0: know if Luke was ever fully appreciated here until he wasn't here. And then we went, what the hell's going on with the defense? Right. Yeah. And yeah. since since then... You know, now he's at Cincinnati. He had a great year last year, and he was he had college. He had big offers, uh, power five offers. I know West Virginia offered, and and he's 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 at Cincinnati, and he's trying to to win that league. And then if the right opportunity presents, it will. Um, but this this will be an emotional one Saturday.
1: Well, it's 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 huge because obviously it's a piece of Ohio State history, and I think that's really interesting in of itself. Uh, just the narrative that you kind of laid out here. I mean, Luke Fickle is a guy who you know. <laughs> When I thought Ohio State defense, just in general, right when I'm two two names came to mind uh since I've really been following Ohio State, and that was Jim Haycock and, and Luke Fickle, and that's pretty mm-hmm. much it. And yeah. you know that they were representative of the direction of Ohio State defense for a really really long time, and and Ohio State fans that go way back, that is really what. Ohio State has always hanged its hat on right the offense will come and go and be Mm -hmm. up and down but it's always the defense it's always present same way as like Nebraska you know with the black shirts and all that you love the silver bullets you love what they represent and for me you know having a guy who's so representative of that because I love that I love the whole silver bullets idea and then what that brings to the culture of Ohio State for having a guy like Luke Fickle to come back and and be in Ohio stadium. I'm mean, that, that is something that's really significant to me personally. Cause I think that's awesome. I think that's a really cool matchup. I also got, I have to tell Ohio state fans. this. I got to tell everybody who listens to this <laughs> Cincinnati fans. This is their super bowl. Look, yeah. the Bengals are never, ever winning a playoff game. That's never going to happen in the history of man. <laughs> it will never happen again. And I want to tell you something. This is their super bowl. Even Cincinnati Bearcat football is not something that has an ingrained fan base in southwestern Ohio. But if it means taking down Ohio State, every single person within a 50-mile radius of Cincinnati's campus is going to be pulling for Ohio State to lose. And that's just the way it is, because that's the way Cincinnati is, and that's the way southwestern Ohio is. And if, if Ohio State does not go into that game with the same level of intensity and, like, excitement that the Bearcats are going to be coming into they could very easily lose that game and can I you, like I don't, I don't think people believe that I think people might hear this and go now Ohio State's that no like, you don't understand what this means to people in Cincinnati and that team and Luke Fickle
0: can you explain that to me because one of the most yeah bizarre I can, things, actually okay I, I look forward to this but one of the most bizarre <laughs> things in my time covering Ohio State has been that there is a true brotherhood between Cleveland and Columbus. Right. To the point where Buckeye games routinely over the last 10 years have outrated Browns games, even openers and touted openers, have outrated Browns games in Cleveland on a television rating standpoint. Like, Ohio State is a big deal in Columbus, and or in Cleveland, rather, and Cleveland is all in with the Buckeyes. Like, there's nothing else. Like, that's it. Meantime, furthermore... Cleveland television stations would come down and cover Ohio State football games. They would go with us when we went to the national championship and stuff. They fall, they went with us. There there was always a the, I mean one of the most important beat positions on the Ohio State beat is the Buckeye writer for the Plain Dealer. It has been for 30 years. Someone's yeah. one of the most important. Conversely, I don't even know if the inquirer has ever staffed anybody at Ohio State games. <laughs> I don't know that a television station has ever covered Ohio State Week in, week out. And yet, yeah, Cincinnati's closer than Cleveland. It's an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. It's closer and completely ignored. And I wonder like, if it goes from like, and almost like despised. And I think back to even like when they're on their Reds games. You used to have this Reds thing where when I would watch Reds games uh, early on when I moved down there because like the National League. And they would do this thing like, uh, it was like a jingle for Cincinnati. And it was always CincinnatiUSA.com. It wasn't right. Cincinnati, Ohio. Right. So <laughs> as I lay that out, can you explain what the hell it's all about? So
1: historic. Yeah, I can. And, and here's the thing. So historically, if you want to be like socio culturally, whatever, uh, you know, there are a lot of Kentucky transplants that live in southwestern Ohio. My, my family actually included that. My grandparents are, are from Kentucky and moved up to, uh, to Middletown for the work opportunities because they were sharecroppers and dirt poor and all that. So there's a ton of Kentucky transplants. I think that's a big part of it. I also think that Cincinnati sports fans in general, uh, just feel really ignored and disrespected by the wider national media at large. Cleveland's got this whole romantic failure thing associated with it, right? Like you've got, you know, and you've got, and you've got movies done about it. Nobody's made a movie about the Reds, but you've got the major league, you know, movies with the Indians. And then like, you know, the Browns even have that stupid Kevin Costner draft day movie. <laughs> right. like. Cleveland gets this. Cleveland gets all the Rust Belt love about how this failed state and everybody's this hard scrabble, blah, blah, blah. Southwestern Ohio do not get any of that. And it, they're all afflicted by the same disease of Rust Belt, you know, America, where all these jobs are leaving, but nobody really cares about Cincinnati and Southwestern Ohio. So that, I think that's okay. part of it. Okay. The other part of it is that they're just a lot of contrarian douchebags in <laughs> Southwestern Ohio. And I kind of look, I carry that gene myself. I'm not going to pretend like I am not very often a contrarian douchebag but here's the ultimate reference point for this do you know where Brady Hoke is from is he like Dayton area he's from Kettering so Kettering's right area right right? yeah yeah right near right near Dayton uh I was born in Kettering um I will tell you I mean he will tell anybody he grew up he grew up a Michigan fan Right, I knew so many people who grew up Michigan fans, not because they really cared about Michigan, but because Michigan was consistently beating Ohio State. And if you want to be contrarian in Ohio, then that's the easiest, most sure way to do that. And right. so that that's a huge part of it. And it, you know, you've got family members aren't from Ohio, you weren't raised as Ohio State fans. Um, like my grandma's a huge Kentucky basketball fan. You know, she's from Kentucky. She grew up watching, sure. you know, all that stuff. You know, so. I guess what I'm saying is that that's, that's part of the culture down there. They don't view themselves necessarily as like Ohioans uh, first. They view themselves as like Southwestern Ohioans first. And that, that that's different. I also think mm-hmm. that, like the large uh, Catholic contingent in that area where like Notre Dame is a huge pre- uh, presence in Southwestern Ohio matters a yeah. lot too. But really the first two things that I laid out, you've got people from other – uh, states particularly Kentucky and also you just kind of like being the contrarian who, because you don't get attention so to mm. me that's a big part of it and that's why a lot of people in Cincinnati and like yes let's take them down and look I I don't blame them frankly like if that if that's your bag then that's your bag and you know mm. you, Cincinnati's good all right like I'm not going to pretend like the Bearcats and Luke Fickle haven't done some impressive things
0: no they are yeah they, they, they look that they, they're going to be a step up I mean, where, I'm trying to think like where I would put Cincinnati in the Big Ten. Like if they were in the Big Ten, I think they'd be like in, in the middle, like just maybe right around Michigan State. Yeah. Somewhere I in there. So. Yeah. I that's so. what it looked like to me watching a play last week against UCLA. You know, it was one of those ones because of when they played, you got you were able to watch it all. UCLA was so wildly incompetent. Um, <laughs> that's true. It was, yeah. It was hard to know like what to make of it, but I mean this De- Desmond Ridder kid is a he's going to be a prominent quarterback. Like he can make some plays. Like I don't think he's I don't he doesn't scare me in any way. Like I think it'll be fine. Um you know, I like the Michael Warren kid at running backs. A nice he's a nice player. You know, they they've got they this is what they're going to do. I book it. Knowing Luke Fickle, this is what they're going to do. They are going to say they're going to tell their kids. And they don't have the depth to do this, but this is what they're going right. to tell their kids. We are tougher than they are. I know how those pretty boy five stars train. That's right. They don't train like you train. We're tougher than they are. So they are going to punch us in the mouth. That's what they're going to try to do. Now, do they have the talent for that to work? I don't think so. I don't. Um, I think it'll be a more interesting game. um, But the overall talent advantage is a substantial one. And they don't have anybody that you're like, I don't know what to do with that. I, I don't know what to do there. So they're going to try to be physical. They're going to try to punch you in the mouth. They're going to try to run it right at you. And they're going to say, you stop us. We dare you. You're not tough enough to stop us. That That's the game plan, man.
1: Book yeah. It. And it, I will also say the Michigan State analogy really works well here because you're probably also going to see a lot of D'Antonio style, like just – Craziness at some points, like it's going to yeah. be that for ninety nine percent of it, and then Fickle's going to like pull out some insane like triple reverse flea flicker for no reason, you know, like in the middle of the second quarter, and that'll just be an ever present yeah. like looming threat. He'll definitely do that. I, I expect that one hundred percent. But you know, the truth of the matter is, is that Cincinnati. This is another part of it as far as the team goes. Fickle has recruited that area really, really well, yeah. and there is a lot of good to great football talent in southwestern Ohio um And Fickle's done an awesome job at you know stocking that team with it and kind of like laying claim to that part of the the state. um He's going to tell all those guys like, oh, "High State didn't want you, you know, oh, High yeah. State they didn't even look at you." And this is your chance to go into the shoe and show them why they're wrong. And that is it. I, I really I know that's something that's always kind of mentioned as a motivator. I promise you that's something that's going to be said. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was something that really mattered to those players.
0: Yeah, Luke is Luke was very smart when it came time. To, he was very cautious and very smart when it came time to go find a job. And I think the only job other than this one—and this is me total speculating—but I think the only job like this that he would have would he, that he tried for and maybe didn't get was Pitt. Um, yeah. it went to Pat Narduzzi. Whether they're happy about that, I don't know. But I think I think he was smart enough to say, "I'm an Ohioan. I know the talent in this area." If a Darren Lee slips through the cracks like it did through everybody else, I'll find him like I did with him. We'll develop him, except now we'll do it at Cincinnati. I know the coaches in this state. They trust me. I trust them. Um, and so I want to coach someplace where I can take advantage of this. So he was very smart. and And if it wasn't Pitt, then this was option two, right? And yeah. so he gets this job. And now to your point, He's getting the Ohio kids and he's getting the ones that are slipping through the cracks that are going to be ultra motivated. The Michigan state analogy is, is pretty on point for a lot of reasons. Um, And, and I, I'm with you. I think all, they will let it all hang out. They will be, they will let it fly. They will be juiced. Uh, We will have to, we'll have to match it because it won't mean as much to our guys as it will to theirs just won't. Um, And it'll be one. I will say this. If, if, if Cincinnati were to shock the world here, this would be a pretty, this would be a, an enormous blow uh, for Ryan. It'd be an yeah. enormous blow. Like, there's I agree. there's probably more pressure on this game for him um, than any game until Michigan, honestly.
1: Um, yeah. You have like, to win this game. You can excuse yeah. some of the other losses within the Big Ten. You cannot yeah. do that against Cincinnati. And especially given the history of Ohio so State coaching in is. general against yeah. Ohio teams, like, you've got to yeah. win this game, period. Yeah. And I don't think Luke was called about this job, you know,
0: and no. I don't you know so i'm sure he's pissed off about that Right. Um, and so i think uh, yeah i i think this would be for ryan i think there's a lot of pressure on ryan now i don't know if it'll impact him. he, he seems to be pretty impervious to it um, yeah, he's pretty unflappable dude <laughs> he really is he's really cool like i dude. love
1: i love the interviews they did with him like in the at halftime at the end of the game the guy is exactly like totally even keel he's just a chipper like okay yeah we got stuff to work on but i liked it you know like he's not and i get the impression he's never going to change that demeanor like ever mm-hmm. So which could infuriate some Ohio State fans. But I, you know, I kind of, I kind of love that about him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, th- I think he's, I think he's got one temperature and I think yeah. it's pretty cool all the time. I, I think agree. it's 71 degrees cool all the time. And so I don't know that this, I don't know that he'll feel it. This might be one too, where he doesn't know what he don't know, you no, know, sure too, yeah. you know, he does it's not like he's got some big relationship with Luke fickle. It's right. not like he's, you know, he wasn't here when Luke was here. He has no, he was coaching the NFL. He's got no point of reference on any of this stuff, you know? Um, let me ask you this real quick before we move off of this. Do you think there's sure. any way that Fickle could eventually come back here and coach if Ryan were to go to the NFL?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I, I mean, yeah. honestly, like I think think of how long Fickle was at Ohio State and how many overtures he probably rejected, you know, really during the height of his popularity and, and you know, cred as a assistant coach. I, I absolutely think he'd come back to yeah. Columbus. Well, I know um, he would come back. I'm
0: wondering if the fans would take him.
1: Oh, I I would think so. If you're successful <laughs> yeah. at Cincinnati, and then you like you know you reel off ten win seasons at UC, I yeah, yeah I, I think you would. Have, I don't know that people would be angry about that. I think they would be appreciative of the fact yeah. that a, a team that they view super far below their purview was able to become successful. Uh yeah, you'd want that guy who did that, and especially if it's somebody you already know. And I you know and everybody loves Luke Fickle. I you know th- that's the thing about Fickle. Like I just don't. I really have never heard anything negative about him as a coach or a per- like, you know what I mean? Like everybody likes Poor playing person. for him. No, yeah, he's great. Exactly. He's great. So, yeah. You got to like yeah. him coming back. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, right. We'll get to the prediction on this one a little bit later. Don't forget to follow the 11 dubcast on Twitter and rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's go around the country. Um, Let's start uh, a little buy or sell. Do you buy Jim Harbaugh saying that Gaddis's offense was near perfect in the opener <laughs> win for Michigan.
1: No, I, I do not buy that. Did you watch um, this game? I buy Jim game? Harbaugh needing to believe that. <laughs> um, but I watched that game. In fact, so as bad. of this recording, I've, I've got my uh, threat level Michigan, my Michigan uh, piece, my weekly Michigan piece has been published for about 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, look, it, the, the offense, they need to figure out. As per usual, the running game and exactly how that's going to fit into what they're trying to do. I understand that they're they are trying something new, they're doing a little bit more hurry up and they're working with that. Um, you know, Shea was good, he wasn't great, I don't think he'll ever be great, but he was fine. He did fumble, I believe, the first snap of the mm-hmm. game, so that's fun, yeah. Uh, but no, they were not, they were not virtually perfect. I, I what
0: totally in the not. blue hell is he doing with the two quarterbacks?
1: I don't know, I, like, I don't, he's I don't, know. too
0: far into this. For this nonsense. You brought Gaddis in to run spread and tempo. That's what Patterson is. You've hitched your wagon to Patterson. Right. Like, why are you playing and McCaffrey let him do a touchdown? But why are you playing McCaffrey in a two
1: touchdown game in the third quarter? I well, what the hell is he doing? Know. Like, are I, you have are you honestly, a real
0: program or not?
1: My, so my, my personal explanation for that was false bravado. Like literally like, Oh, we won. So this is what we can do. But I don't, I don't know. Like, I honestly, I can't, I I'm done trying to read tea leaves on urban Meyer or on Jim Harbaugh's brain. Um, because it's, it, it, he's unknowable. He's completely unknowable as a human being. Uh, I can't I just, tell you.
0: I just watched him and I thought I, f- I felt this last week. We talked, talked about it on the radio show with James. And I said, you know, I feel like they are they are so overvalued, so yeah. overvalued. Like I just don't see it. I don't see what was amazing was do you, there's a play in the McCaffrey's in. It's his first series. They get uh, second. It's like second or third and goal from like the one, and mm-hmm. they try running it, and then they go for it on fourth down, and they right. can't get it, and they're stuck. Right. right. And you say like, don't you have dudes up front that can get a yard? <laughs> You don't have a yeah, running back who does get a freaking yard. Like, yeah, well, you're Michigan for God's sakes. You're playing Middle Tennessee State. You can't get a yard. It's
1: well, I just don't see it, it. it's like they're they're trying. It, what's really amusing and just weird about it is that they're. It feels like they could if they wanted to, but they really don't want to try the surest way to do something, and so yeah. they'll just try something that makes it even harder on them. So Like I don't, I don't get that. I don't know why. It's it's really. I don't know. I I don't know why they're constantly shooting themselves in the foot, like consciously shooting themselves in the foot to make something more difficult on them. But that, you know, that's, that's, that's been Michigan's MO for a while now. So I don't, I can't explain it.
0: I just don't. um, Threat level, Michigan, nothing.
1: Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, had maybe. Them, I had them one below – I had them one above the uh, the lowest level because I don't yeah. – I don't. I have no idea what the, you learned from this game at all. No. I mean, the, the thing is, here's – and this is really how I feel, right? They, they got this true freshman, right? Zach runs for like 90 yards, over 11 per, eight carries. He's, there are two yeah, options here. One, it becomes the central focus of the offense, and he's great for a month and then disappears. Or two, they just never give him the ball. And, like, yeah. I don't know – either of those is equally possible because it's Michigan and it's Jim Harbaugh and he, he's a very capricious guy who just kind of does whatever. And so I have no clue.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't, (sighs) I I just, then I look like the seventh best team in the country. Like the difference between them and Oklahoma. Oh yeah, God! Or, or them, Forget that. <laughs> I mean, watching those two teams back to back on on the same nights—like, come on, that's that's not that's not—they're not playing the same sport. Um, yeah. The the other the other two games that I watched a lot of in the Big Ten, um, one I couldn't get anything out of other than it looks like Penn State's defense really flies around, but they played Idaho, and I can't I couldn't get much out of that just because of how bad the opponent was. And the other one I watched a lot of, in, you know, when we would go to break was Nebraska, and I am. I am such a big fan of Scott Frost and I am such even more so I'm a big fan of Nebraska being good. Like I, we need them good in the big 10. I really want them to be good so that we have somebody over there that we can kind of keep an eye on. Um, and much like Michigan, I left going, might be too, too much too soon. Might be too much too soon for, for Nebraska. I was worried about going down there unless they come a long ways in a month, but they are not, they're not that scary offensively. And I was, I just was not impressed with what I saw in the opener out of Nebraska. Did you catch there's, any other Big Ten games?
1: Yeah, I mean, I you know, obviously, you're kind of like going around. With, just real quick, regards to Nebraska. Um it, The thing is, there's so much on Martinez's shoulders right now, and oh he really God, is. Yeah. And I, I think this is a situation where it's really too much, and I don't. There's so much he's being asked to do in the offense, and I just don't know that that's going to to be adequate for Nebraska. You got to have somebody to kind of spell them for some things. Like, the dude, I mean, I was looking at this, he had 13 carries, right. And and basically like, I think 0.5 yards per carry. Um, Just a lot of stuff there that it's just not, I don't think it's going to work um with that much laying on him i thought two things that i thought were hilarious uh maryland destroying howard (laughs) 80 What'd they get 79 or 79 yeah putting up 79 on howard which again yeah it's howard but that's a lot of points for maryland uh then illinois coming out and just completely annihilating akron which again not something that will probably raise to the notice of most people, but the fact that, you know, Illinois was able to do that and the fact yeah. that, you know, you still got Lovey hanging around and trying to build something is, is you know, I, I like it. I'm interested in it. I think that's fun. Yeah,
0: I thought that was I thought the Friday stuff was pretty dreadful with, oh God, with Michigan State and uh, was Jonathan Taylor's incredible, but Wisconsin still can't throw the ball. And, um, and then Minnesota on Thursday was pretty brutal. So, I mean, I, I think the league's kind of where – I think there's a tremendous difference between us and everybody else in yeah. this league. I mean, it's I just agree. a tremendous difference. Um, and, you know, you wondered, like, does Michigan have a program? Does Penn State have a program? Not yet they don't. Yeah. And I don't know if they'll get one. But, I honestly, I thought – to me, I felt better about – and it's hard because Penn State – you know, neither's really playing. anybody. But, but I feel like at least Penn State knows who they are. Sure. I don't even know if Michigan knows who the hell they are. Truly. No, I, they definitely I mean, I don't, don't know. What they they have are. Any idea. Uh a couple I mean, things from yeah. um from around the country. Uh Jalen Hurts, who was just incredible in the game for Oklahoma, as they go third straight year with a transfer quarterback. And the kid is pretty much perfect in the game. But th- but also Alex Grinch as a defensive coordinator at Oklahoma, um, really they were flying to the ball, really aggressive. And and Houston's got players, they got a Quarterback who accounted for 50 touchdowns last year. That was interesting to see. Um, the other thing that really jumped out to me was was the idea of Tennessee losing at home to Georgia State, who's the worst, <laughs> one of the worst teams in Power Five. They're one of the yeah. worst. They were two and ten last year. They were picked to finish last in the Sun Belt. They're one of the worst teams in Power Five. Yeah. And they went into Knoxville and they smacked Tennessee around.
1: Tennessee sure
0: won a national championship in 1998. And was in the national title hunt in the early two thousands. They appear to be completely lost. I mean, just completely lost. And it's it's what happens when you hire the wrong coach. And they've hired <laughs> a bunch of the wrong
1: coach. Right? Yeah, over and, and over and over and over and over. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that is a. I mean, you're probably not. You're. I'm older than you, so I remember them being a monster. Yeah. But wow. That's a that's pretty unbelievable. That's a hard thing to wrap your head around. Uh that and then another traditional power from from my youth was Florida State, who appears that they've got it wrong with Willie Taggart as you know, he loses again. They lose at home to they were up 18 and lost at home to Boise State. And I can't speak to the Tennessee situation, but the Florida State one I can because I was there a long time. Like that's it, that's in the panhandle. There's not a population base, huge population base there. They will have tens of thousands of empty seats pretty soon. Yeah. There's like 175,000 people in the city. I think the metro is maybe like 300,000, but there's no big cities around there. Like the people will stop going. They got yep. 86,000 seat stadium. Like they'll stop going.
1: I just so here's I mean I first of all the Tennessee losing is hilarious to me. Um I the, there is that fan base and again I'm I became aware of college football in the very tail end of Tennessee being like an elite program and the the arrogance that that fan base has and the the you know just the expectation that they're always going to be great that's completely unearned by most of them at this point is hilarious to me and that loss was by far the funniest thing that happened this weekend I think the SEC in general has some issues like there there are a lot of things that they've got to be really concerned about as a conference you know you look at things like you know Old Miss losing to Memphis right like that's yeah. that's concerning but then you got Tennessee obviously with uh, Georgia State um there are a lot of close games I mean Arkansas beating Portland State by seven right like again a lot of people look at this and go okay well that's obviously like the fodder of the SEC but this is like you know Oregon almost beat Auburn and again Oregon is a higher ranked team but like kind of gave it away I just don't see I really don't see a strong conference and for the fact that Alabama, you know, is still Alabama and the rest of the conference seems to have just completely fallen off a cliff in a lot of ways. Not the entire rest, but a lot of the rest of the conference. I think,
0: yeah, I think the top of that league is amazing.
1: Yeah, it's solid. But Bama, Georgia no... and
0: LSU. Did you see Joe football? Five oh, yeah. No, and no. Half? Burrow,
1: yeah, he, he was They're sick. loaded he was on incredible. defense,
0: too. They're loaded. Somebody yeah. asked me this. They said, would you have would you rather have one year of Haskins or two years of Burrow? I thought That's that was pretty question. interesting. That's an excellent question. question. I'm fine with how it went, but I thought it was interesting.
1: Well, I mean, I want to see how, you know, I want to see how he plays against a team that isn't like Georgia Southern, but you know, it, it, he was legit. I mean, he he performed really, really well. I I think what you got out of, I really think what you got out of Dwayne is just kind of, you know, mind bendingly historical. (laughs) And I would, I would take that any day of the week, but a lot of people, you know, know, and a lot of people who kind of, we're on the Joe Burrow train. I think maybe edged back on over to the, the Dwayne side of things last season, but he may prove some doubters wrong. And I, I would look forward to that. Cause I, I think he's a great dude and I, I want him to have success at LSU. So yeah. Yeah. I, I just think the top part of that conference is solid, but the rest of it is just so much fun. I mean, Missouri losing to Wyoming. Yeah. The bottom like... of the league's bad. There's
0: some it's bad awful. at the bottom of the league. Yeah. Really Completely bad. Completely awful. Yep.
1: so that'll yep. be an interesting Absolutely. dynamic going forward. I think as the season, and and it's helpful to you know teams like LSU and Alabama and Georgia, but everybody else is just terrible.
0: Did so. you see how batshit crazy Hugh Freeze coaching from a? Oh
1: my god,
0: from a hospital bed at Liberty. Yeah.
1: What? What? How do you feel about that? Because I, I, I feel I, about I feel that. Feel some type of so, way about it, but how do you? So feel the about dude,
0: that? the dude is canned at Ole Miss. Yeah, calling mistresses. Right on. You know, company phones, right? He has, he leaves the right. program in a state of disrepair. Yeah. With allegations, well, not allegations, sanctions, everything. He right. goes to Liberty, who was founded by Jerry Falwell. <laughs> right. Because we'll let, bring him. Let's go. Yeah. Then he has some sort of staff back thing or whatever. And he's such a, I please, someone pay attention to me at Liberty that the yeah. idiot actually coaches from a hospital bed. Yeah. Like, yeah, what a clown. I, I
1: I don't think that exactly. And that's how I feel about it because I'm like a lot of people, I think he wants people to, to really buy into what a competitor. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Hugh freeze back in action at Liberty. First of all, no one cares about Liberty football. I don't think anybody at Liberty should care about Liberty football. They probably have something in their student, like their student (laughs) agreement that they all sign, like their code of conduct, not to care about football unless under specific circumstances, which maybe is Hugh freeze in a hospital bed. I don't know. Maybe that's one of the circumstances they're supposed to care about it. But my point is, is that that is so much theater and BS. And I know a lot of people are like, oh man, college football is crazy. No, this is Hugh Freeze really trying to like publicize himself. Yeah. He, if he really needs to be in a hospital Absolutely. bed, there is no reason. And I record this on Labor Day. Is no reason for any human being to bring a damn hospital bed to their place of work to do their no. job. No, he did. If he doesn't need it in the hospital yeah, if he bed. doesn't need it, sit in a chair. Coach right. for the box. Stop being a glory hog. Cause that was ridiculous. Yeah. I thought that was, dumb. that was a clown show.
0: God, I love I college know. football. What a weekend. What an unbelievable weekend. <laughs> right. uh, before we get to predictions, uh, we have some time for some, ask us anything. What do you have for us this week, my friend?
1: Well, if you would like to continue asking us anything, go ahead and send those questions to dubcast at 11 warriors.com or at 11 dubcast on the Twitters. Um, so, you know, the, the dubcast, we, we always get some excellent, you know, questions and whatnot. Um, I am really excited for the season to start with these questions, just because this is, this is where things get really interesting because there are some (laughs) pointed things that fans want to know that I don't think about. And then people like, Whoa, how about this? So this is from our good friend, Alvin. He says, are Georgia friends, or excuse me, are Georgia fans rooting for Justin Fields this season? Like how Buckeyes rooted for Joey last year. (laughs) No, Uh -uh. And I love that question because you're right.
0: No, no, because they view it as he should have stayed and waited till Fromm left after this year Correct. and then played as a red sh- done the haskins thing, play right. as a red shirt sophomore, and wait your turn that you know that, that and to be fair, I think if Joe would have left after his first year, the feeling would be very different too, yeah, you know he's stuck around, so i'm I don't know that we would be much different if the shoe was on the other foot
1: yeah i I mean. I would agree with that. And I would also say Mm -hmm. that, um, no, (laughs) especially if, Mm -hmm. if Burrow, the the problem is really, I think, um, I don't know the, the kind of success and whatnot that, that you're seeing, but also like, I agree with you, the situation really is probably the, the big, the big aspect of this year, because like, I, I like seeing Joe Burrow, you know, have success from afar, but also maybe because I don't necessarily view LSU as that threatening, to ohio state right now that makes sense yeah um and i don't feel like there's gonna be any blowback from that so yeah it's like okay go ahead and play in siberia like i hope you win a hundred thousand games because it's not something that like bothers me um also like he
0: stuck around he fought for the job yeah exactly the very end i mean he waited as long as he could like do you want him to sit and wait forever you know
1: like fields bounced after one
0: year like how about this
1: do you think how do you think Ohio State fans would feel? I mean, Tate Martell obviously has a completely different situation, but what mm-hmm. if he was doing great? And he was like, Do you think Ohio State fans would be like rooting for Tate? No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Just because mm-hmm. of the way he went out.
0: Yeah. And I think he's a little showy for our that's- taste.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, that's like the little... understatement of the millennium. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, <laughs> I think Joe, Joe was Joe football. He's Mr. Ohio. Right. You know, I mean, I right. think that's a little different,
1: you know. Yeah, I would agree with Plus that.
0: Plus, you you always felt with Joe, and this would this would not be the case with Tate, you always felt with Joe that he did everything in his power to win the job and just couldn't win it. Like, he was prepared, yeah. all of it. Consummate teammate, professional, all of it. And just, he wasn't as good as Dwayne Haskins. Well, few are. So, um, you know, I think that's the other thing with Joe versus Tate, where I don't know that anybody walks away from
1: Tate and going, yeah, this guy had his nose in the playbook and he was prepared, because that just wasn't the case yeah I would agree with that. Uh, next question, well, yeah, we, we, I think we got time for one more quick. One last question uh, from Bill here. He basically just wants to know, so let's say Ohio State suffers a, you know, an unexpected early season loss, let's say to Cincinnati. Okay. Which unit or units would get the most blame from the get-go?
0: Fields. Yeah. he'll get all of it. Yeah. he's going to get all the glory. He's going to get all the blame.
1: Yeah, I mean I, just, I wonder if, like, you Cincinnati could run rampant on Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's say they wreck up 300 yards rushing. If if yeah. Fields doesn't score, you know, the six or seven touchdowns necessary to kid. beat. Yeah, I, I honest to God, I would I agree with that. I think it really is on Fields. And to me, that kind of illustrates just how much pressure is on the dude because yeah. he shouldn't have to score six or seven no. touchdowns a game to oh, win. That's, that's, that's what the expectation is.
0: Yeah. No, I yeah, it's all on him. It's all yeah, on it's, him. Yeah,
1: so that's ask us Great. anything. Please keep sending those in. We'll keep answering them, and we're excited to see where it goes as the season goes.
0: All right, what do you feel for uh, for Cincinnati this week? Where's your head at? It's early in the week, obviously, but as we uh, right. as we tape this on Labor Day night, what's your kind of your feeling of of how this thing goes Saturday?
1: So I do think it's closer than than what the the bookies are saying, and also what um, you know what maybe Ohio State fans feel. However, I will say that I think the defensive line for Ohio State is going to be a huge huge factor in yeah. this game. Um, I, I, really think they'll just tear up Cincinnati's offensive line. And one of the things, I mean, you know, the UCLA Cincinnati game was really sloppy in a lot of ways, tons of penalties all over the place, yeah. which by the way, Ohio state seems to be a little bit better on that front, yeah. which I like, I, I think they went almost, I think they went over an entire quarter without any penalties. That was pretty amazing. Um, so I think that'll be a big part of it. I really think Ohio state will be able to score points probably around 40, 42 Cincinnati, will maybe hang in 17 or 20 points, but I, I think it gets away from them the third and fourth quarter. So it'll be close. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Cincinnati even with the lead after the first quarter or maybe a tie game going to the half. But as the game kind of progresses, Ohio State will, will pull away a little bit.
0: I think it'll feel a lot like the um, Oklahoma-Houston game. Yeah. Where yeah, with that. Where you, you look in the third quarter, and you're like, God, we should be up more than 14 here. What right. the hell's going on? Right. but they hang around, hang around. I don't know that you're ever going to be fearful that they're going to win or anything like that, but I think they'll hang around, hang around. Um, I, I would give it something like 38-24 or okay. something, you know, 17 points, 14 points, maybe up to 21. I could see it somewhere between 14 to 21 points. I don't think it'll waterfall any worse than that. I think Luke's defense will be ready to go. He knows what he's going up against. I think his defense will play well. Uh, he and Marcus Freeman, another great Buckeye, I think, I think they'll – I think they'll be prepared, and I think they'll play well. And I think I don't think points will come in bunches like they did against FAU. I think it'll be more of yeah. a like
1: slugfest as the game goes along. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the line, I think, is like 17 or so. So, so it's today, right on it.
0: I didn't know what the line was, but that I think that's there for a reason.
1: Yeah, so Ohio State, I mean, so I guess I have to retract what I said about the book he's in because eventually they may get to that, but I don't think anybody will have faith in that around halftime. I guess it's kind of my yeah. point. So, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. I mean, and and like I said, if if you can't turn it on after halftime, which could be the case, then you may see something like an upset. Um, yeah, and that's where things get you know, you really got to make adjustments. I guess is what I'm saying because you know that Fickle will, and there's gonna yep. they're gonna challenge they're gonna challenge Justin Fields every single way that they can.
0: They will throw everything at the kid. It's their Super Bowl. Yeah,
1: this is, I mean, the, this is the job
0: that gets Luke Fickle a Power Five
1: job. Th- that's like, right, beat, and I uh, also want to point out, yeah, real quick. JT Barrett against Virginia Tech, right? In 2014, yep. what did they do? They went to the bear, you know, yep. front. They threw everything they could at him. Blitzed yep. almost every down. Don't be surprised if you see something like that against yep. Justin Fields to to get a similar result because I that agree. is exactly the game plan I think they're going to they're going to, you know, yep. kind of model themselves after. I agree.
0: Yep, I think it. I think kitchen sink will be thrown. I yeah, it, I, I'm looking forward. It's going to be fun, and I hope for your sake
1: that it ends positively. <laughs> oh my God! I, look, <laughs> you, you can As an on. aside, I saw some of my relatives today from Southward. Love them dearly. They're great. They're great people. My <laughs> aunt and uncle, I love them to death. The first thing they mentioned when I saw them was, "Hey, I got my Buckeye State shirt with a UC right where it's got the UC emphasized." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "They made that shirt ten years ago, and you're still wearing it." It's <laughs> awesome. And I and look, I love them so much, but I right. know how much this means to them, and yeah. I really hope Ohio State fans appreciate
0: that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all right, right buddy. Going to be fun. We'll break it all down on Monday next week, my friend. Absolutely. See you next week.